high school guidance counselor introduced Beth Baer to the world of child life specialists and she never looked back. The Indiana native turned an internship at one of the largest children's hospitals in the Southeast United States into her life's work. It's such a privilege, I feel, to walk that journey with them. That's how I view it and get, you know, continue coming day after day because, you know, sometimes it doesn't turn out where they walk away and but it's still, I'm blessed to be part of their journey. And these families allow us to walk beside them and they let us in to the most vulnerable time of their life. That is really what keeps me coming back. You are listening to the Community Hall of Fame podcast, a show that celebrates the change makers who strive daily to make South Florida a stronger, safer, and more compassionate community. I'm Seth Levitt, the executive director of the Jason Taylor Foundation, and today I'm joined by a pediatric healthcare provider who makes it her daily mission to put smiles on the faces of young patients who often need to be reminded that they're just kids. As we just heard in our intro, you are a certified child life specialist. Tell us exactly what that means. Well, in a nutshell, that is where we, as a child life specialist, we want to decrease the stress in the hospital. So with that being said, you know, like when you're in the hospital, even as a visitor, everybody's anxiety goes up, you know, you know, people are sick, things are going wrong. So as a child life specialist, we're here for our pediatric patients and families to make their stay just a little bit better. And we do that through education, Um, We teach them about their illnesses. We do through preparation of procedures and um, anything that they're going to have done to them. We also do a lot with play because we want to make sure developmentally all the kids are still uh, on track uh, because we don't want them to lose, even though they may have a chronic illness, we don't want them to lose their developmental, like where they've uh, progressed to, even though Typically, some of the kiddos do regress a little bit. As Beth describes the role of a child life specialist, one begins to think that she was born for the job, a thought that isn't entirely far from the truth. Her passion for young people was always there. She just needed a little guidance to find her calling. Well, I always have been drawn to kids. Even in high school, I worked with the daycare in the high school and worked in daycares all through college. But I didn't quite know if I wanted to be a teacher. And then I was thinking maybe a nurse. I really like the hospital setting. You know, did my little candy striper uh, duties in high school. And then I went to go meet with my advisor my fr- before my freshman year. And I sat down with my advisor and I said, you know, I don't really know. I'm not feeling it for either one of those things. And she was like, have you ever heard of a child life specialist? And I said, no, I have not. And she showed it to me in a little pamphlet because back then everything was in pamphlets and not online. Right. And um, she showed it to me, and I, my, I just, I can still remember it to this day. Like I just, I was like, yes, that is, that is what I want to do. So you knew right then, as soon as you saw it, you knew that was your future. That was it, and I never veered off of that path. And you know, as all of my college friends, you know, like half of them changed their major and. You know, thought, oh, I, this isn't my what I want to do for the rest of my life, but they did it anyways. I was like, nope, this is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. And I've never looked back or regretted that decision. Yeah. And so talk about that. You're at Purdue University. You've found now your path. 
how do you find this? It was an internship first, right? At, at Holtz, is yep. that what brought you down? Was an internship? Yes, I need as a child care specialist. You need to complete a 600-hour internship underneath a certified child care specialist. And Holtz was, you know, there's some few competing hospitals around, but there was just something about just getting out of you know like Indiana, trying something new in Miami, and I was like, okay, let's give this a try. And I. I interviewed for it, and I this was the only place that I interviewed for, and I got the internship, and there was a job opening right after that, and here I am. <laughs> Making the transition from Indiana to South Florida was an adventure in and of itself, but then there was Jackson Memorial Hospital. Now more than 100 years old, the nonprofit academic medical system offers world-class care literally to anyone who is brought through its doors. Beth was up for the challenge. And not gonna lie, it was a little scary because um, <laughs> I have never experienced anything like this in college. I volunteered at a community hospital, you know, like one, I think they had maybe a 15 bed pediatric unit, one little child life specialist running the show. And so I, I really had no idea what I was in for, but it didn't discourage me. And I, I mean, back then, like Jackson was, you know, it wasn't the prettiest and um, we've come a long way. And uh, I remember my aunt telling me, you know, like, oh, are you, sh you know, cause she's from here. And she was like, are you sure that's where you want to go? Like, okay, you know, and I was like, I mean, why not? You know, I'm pretty much always open for anything. You mention it, I'm here, I'm, I'll do it. And that's how I viewed that. And I just, you know, I got the job, I walked in and, the patients that you see here are directly from our community and, you know, they're underserved and they have some different needs than, you know, a lot of what anybody's ever experienced. And I was here for the challenge and still am. So talk about that. Talk about, uh, you know, Jackson, as you, you know, you've said it yourself, Jackson's a special place. The Holtz Children's Hospital is a special place. And you said a lot of these young people are underserved. Talk about why it is that you have so many folks that maybe can't go to other hospitals. Well, for one reason, no other hospital can do what we can do medically. You know, they may have been turned away or we may be their last resort. Like it's not always a choice for them to come here. It's, you know, we're, we're saving their child's life. And right. um, we've heard it over and over and over again, you know, like that we were the last stop and they just had almost given up hope that, you know, anything would change. And it's, it's amazing to see them come in and you might see them leave like maybe a month later and they're like, we were ready to plan my child's funeral. And they're actually walking out with you know, they may not be perfectly healed and everything's, you know, great, but they they have a chance and a future, something to, you know, look forward to. So I think, you know, just the what we can do here medically is something that uh, other hospitals, a lot of what other hospitals can't do with our multivisceral transplants, our, our oncology unit, our ICU is definitely a, a special place. So yeah, that's a lot of families that end up on our doorstep or where their, their last hope. And, and so I want to dig into that a little bit more, Beth, because there's a duality there, right? On one hand, 
that has got to be a heavy i don't want to use the word burden because it's it's most significantly a burden for those families and and those young people but that has to be a, a lot of weight to walk into that environment each and every day and to see young people and their parents and their families sometimes at their lowest in, in so many ways because of what they're dealing with as a parent. I can't even fathom having to deal with that. But then on the other hand, to hear what you just heard, to say that I was planning, I was planning my child's funeral and now we're walking out and we're gonna go see what's next. We're gonna go see what school we can enroll in. We're gonna go see, you know, whatever these things are. So talk about what that, I, I'll use the term journey because it must be for you with each patient, it has to be its own unique journey. It is, and it's such a privilege, I feel, to walk that journey with them. That's how I view it and get, you know, continue coming day after day, because, you know, sometimes it doesn't turn out where they walk away, and but it's still, I'm blessed to be part of their journey. And these families allow us to walk beside them, and they let us in to the most vulnerable time of their life. Right. That's, that is really what keeps me coming back. Walking that journey with her patients is clearly Beth's why, and not something she takes lightly. Despite having worked at Holtz for more than two decades, Beth knows that each and every patient is unique, which means their care must be as well. Each child life specialist here at Jack's, at Holtz is set up that we are responsible for our own units. So we have our general pediatric unit, we have our hematology oncology, we have our solid organ transplant, and we have our ICU, and then we have the emergency room. So each specialist is responsible for those kids, those patients that are on that unit, which means if those kids are there and they are they repeat, come back, you get to know them on a level that like you become their family because they are pretty much living here for days at end. And our job is to make sure that their needs are being met, like going in, checking in, saying, hey, you know, how are you today? What's going on? What's on your agenda? You know, they may have an MRI. They may have a surgery plan. They may be ready to be discharged. They may be ending their chemo cycle. They may be having a birthday. You just never know what you're going to go in. Like when you go into those rooms, what is going to be next on the agenda? And those are all like, like we're going to walk beside them through that journey. So if it's their birthday, we're going to celebrate their birthday. We're going to get them gifts and we're going to get them a banner and we're going to put it up in the room and we're going to make sure everybody knows um, because just because you're in the hospital doesn't mean that you your life stops. You know, we want to celebrate with you. If they're going to have surgery, we say, okay, well, how do you feel about that? What's, you know, are you happy about the surgery? Because sometimes it is a good thing. Maybe it means that you know, some their pain is going to be ending, or are you sad about it? Are you scared about it? And then we talk about if they are scared about it, okay, why are you scared? We help them through that process so that it's not so scary. Um, because we may, they may be making up, you know, they may think that they're going to wake up during surgery or that they're going to be something bad is going to happen to them. And those misconceptions we help clear up for them. And then we also work side by side by with our music therapists. Our music therapists use music as a tool to help patients with their hospitalization of coping with it. So um, again, they're doing the same things that a child life specialist is doing, but they're using music. They go in the rooms, they check on the kids that have been here for a long time. Hey, how are you feeling? 
What can we do? Do you like music? Well, let's jam out. Let's get those anxieties out. We are in a studio, a recording studio right now. So they will actually write songs with these kids about, you know, maybe what they're going through or just life. And then the kids can come in and they um, record their music on a, if I must say, a pretty cool uh, studio that I have no idea how to use any of it because it's not my forte. But yet you supervise the music therapy department, correct? Yes, yes. So I've come full circle in my career here. I am now the supervisor, so I supervise our two music therapists along with our six child life specialists. So while you may not be the musician yourself, you certainly recognize the importance of these young people having access to these instruments, these tools, this uh, um, I, I guess it's in some ways it's almost like professional development. They're learning a skill and, and while they're being hospitalized. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, that's such a great way to look at it because it's something that, I mean, most of these kids would never have access to or, you know, maybe their first time working with a, on a keyboard and recording. I mean, like, when are you going to have an opportunity to, you know, I've never had an opportunity to do that before. So it really gives them something to look forward to, something to work on. And while working with children and families during their most challenging times can take a toll on even the most experienced healthcare professionals, Beth continues to be inspired by what the Holtz and her efforts mean to the young patients she pours into day in and day out. It's hard to believe where we started and now where we are because I remember what the learning center looked like back then and now it is it's beautiful it is homey it is inviting it's and you know you say oh you know they don't forget but it is so crazy how like I have a perfect story the other day we have a family advisory council and there's a new family on there and the patient that had previously been treated here comes on and mom's like oh he wants to say something real quick he came on and he mom was like oh what do you want to say and he was like i want to say that you know holtz did amazing things you know he's maybe like 10. Mm -hmm. holtz did amazing things for me and they treated me and the nurses were nice and everything and i really really loved playing and and volunteers would come and they would play with me in the playroom and i remember this patient screaming through his visits that, you know, if, if any procedure was being done or any, like an IV or anything, he would be so upset and he was having like such a hard time. But what he took away from the hospitalization wasn't that, wasn't the pain, wasn't the, the stress, whatever. It was the good times. Like that's what he remembered. You know, he wasn't like, he wasn't upset about anything. He had a smile on his face. He was like, this is what, what I remember. So when a kid actually wants to come back to the hospital, like, I think we've done our job. Like, it's like they're not fighting their parents. They're not uh, screaming as they come up the elevators, even though some adults would probably just put their, dig their heels in and say, no way, I'm not going back. But, you know, these kids, we have the Jason Taylor Learning Center. We have our creative arts studio. We have our assistant that comes around and brings them toys. Like, it's for them, they, they see the bright side. And... I think that's an amazing, uh, it says a lot about what we what we do here. I think it speaks volumes to what you do here. I think it speaks volumes to the importance of child life specialists in general. And certainly for you, 
who has spent 21 years, I'm going to say that number again, I know we talked about it a couple of times, but 21 years in that environment, that to me is somebody who's truly dedicated to young people and to their families and to their experiences. And so, you know, one of the things you said to me when we were setting up this interview in the email is that your passion for Holtz has kept you there for 21 years. How does that, how do you keep that fire burning? How does that passion stay a passion and not just turn into a daily regimen? You know, I know a lot of people that do just stay in their jobs because it's comfortable and uh, it's what they know, but I don't think I've ever felt that way here because there is so many opportunities at Holtz. And when I first started here, I worked in the adolescent unit and I fell in love with that unit thinking I never wanted to work with teenagers. I actually worked there for almost 10 years, and then I was like, okay, time for a change. So I went to the ICU, the PICU, and I loved the PICU, and that brought on new challenges, and I really enjoyed in the ICU because the patients are usually so sick that you work a lot with the families, and I really enjoyed getting to know the families on a personal level and being there for them. And then the ICU does get a little I'm not gonna lie, it's it's sad, it's not, you know, it's, it's it can take a toll on your emotional well-being, and um, I thought, you know, I don't want to lose that passion, so let me, let me step away while I can. And so then I went to the emergency room, and I was the child life specialist down there for a little while, and then, you know, I was like, okay, I think it's about time that I step up and take on the role as supervisor, and so I think those changes and focusing on all the great things and really staying in touch and like I don't like to sit in my office like even though that's part of like what a supervisor does you know like they have to do schedules and all the boring stuff like I want to still be on the units getting to know the families knowing what's going on because that is it's going to keep me focused on what the end goal is you know like what, what making sure the department is where it needs to be so I think just my passion for Holtz is it's just never even like wavered. It's just it's part of me, I feel like, at this point in my life. Families from across South Florida and truly all over the world bring their kids to the Holtz Children's Hospital for expert medical care. What they may not expect, however, but remain forever grateful for is that not only is the physical health of their child addressed, but thanks to child life specialists like Beth Baer, their emotional well-being is always paramount as well. And the Holtz remains a hospital where a kid can still be a kid first and a patient second. To learn more about the Holtz Children's Hospital, you can visit pediatrics.jacksonhealth.org. And if you'd like to support the Jason Taylor Children's Learning Center within the Holtz, please visit jasontaylorfoundation.org and click on the red donate button. Thanks again for joining us on the Community Hall of Fame podcast. We hope you will subscribe and rate the show and be sure to share this episode with someone you feel is ready to make a difference in their community too.